podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Welcome to episode 29 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, where this week we are look back at the nightmare that was Norwich City. For Buendia. Buendia's almost allowed to shoot. Instead, it's into the path of uh, a second Norwich goal. Steered home by the substitutes and Norwich confirmed their victory. We're going to discuss if it's the end of the line for Marco Silva. And of course, the crowd was not happy with the, with the performance, and the, the players start to feel uh, uncomfortable with the, the our performance as well. But it's up to us. We have to, to to solve the problems inside the pitch because we have the quality. But this afternoon, uh, we have to be clear. We didn't deserve to win the game. We didn't we didn't deserve to get three points. It was our aim before the game, but we didn't perform in the level. Can achieve the three points. And we'll look ahead to the tricky game away at Leicester on Sunday. Ziggertson, well done. Ziggertson, oh, that is fantastic! A piece of individual brilliance. So we're back again to another deflated atmosphere whilst recording today. Um, real, real difficult, difficult game to analyse and to pick any kind of positives from us. As people know, we're, we're fairly positive about Everton. But from a personal point of view, I sat there yesterday and I was absolutely disgusted with what I saw. That's, all, that's the only way that I can put it. I was disgusted with what I saw. Well, mate, at one point, um, I was sitting in my seat with my head in my hands, basically just uh, just kind of going, how on earth have we turned this performance in here? It's like we It's like we'd rocked up on the back of let, let, let's just say look there's been a bit of a mini corner ch- turn doesn't there really we went three out the last five you could make a case for the Spurs game and you could easily make mm-hmm. a case for the Brighton game so you could say look a bit of momentum was, was gathering uh, the pressure was dropping a little bit on you'd say the manager and the team and you think look we can get this in the bag I think that was everyone's consensus we get this game get this in the bag get us into the top ten going into a difficult run of fixtures you're thinking you know what we'll go in there with a bit of confidence now we're going into Arguably the hardest run of fixtures in the league, on the back of a loss to the bottom, bottom, bottom. Well, they're not bottom anymore, but a team that's basically struggled all season. But definitely makes you wonder where that performance came from because you know not the beating Southampton away is a, a feat or a coup, but you know we not won away in however, however long. You know Southampton equalised, our backs were against the wall for a while. So for us to come away from there with the away win and three points, then have the international break, I think. You know, not that you're ever entitled to go into any Premier League game and expect to win it, but I think Everton against that Norwich side with the Norwich record should have beaten them and beaten them well. Well, I, I sat there before the game and I was lucky enough to to be in one of the the lounges yesterday and a, you know fantastic setting and a great setup and if that's what how things are going to look at Bramley Moor then it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Isn't he done a really good job? I was in there having a great time, you know, few drinks, lovely food, good conversation with people. Um, I, I spoke spoke to Darren Griffiths, and there was a chance I was going to be be speaking to Moise Keane post game for uh, for something we had to give to him. And you know, you you go into the into your seat in the first half, and you think, oh, 
I'm, I'm on cloud nine here. You know, let's go and beat them three 0 Let's come away with the three points. Look forward to after the game and that first half. I think when when we saw the team, there was a lot of dissenting voices in within the where I was sitting, and you know, why are we playing that side again? And I'm very much in the camp. Well, why change a winning team? Because mm. it worked against Southampton. Um, I did understand the points. You know, why, why aren't we going with a little bit more mobile? You know, why is Nobobi in as the ten? Why isn't Calvert Lewin back in? We 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 needed maybe a bit of pace. There was calls for Keane to come in, scored two for Italy under twenty ones in in midweek, and you know, but you know, every week we have people saying about the start eleven and and, and voicing their concerns. But okay, fine, he's gone with the same start eleven. But I think from that, that first minute, I just thought we were massively flat. I thought that side really struggled. We thought that Norwich would have come out and been a bit more expansive because they, they seem to play one way, don't they? And they've been turned over quite a few times this season because of that. But they didn't. They, they, they sat in. They knew full well that we cannot play against sides who sit in. The gap between their defence and midfield was dead, dead tight. We couldn't we couldn't just get... There was no, no room to play. And we just fell over. And, and we, we, we literally thought... What are we going to do now? What are we going to do now? And the players on the pitch, because because they weren't particularly mobile, mm. massively struggled in that first half. There were accusations from some commentators that a number of Everton players were going missing and didn't want the ball. Mm. Well, I'm glad you raised that point, Pete, because I, I watched I was watching the game and I was thinking, a bit like you might, you know, everyone thought Norwich were going to come on to. It's a bit like West Ham did. It'll be an open game. You have a shot, we have a shot type. And then you think that's where there's going to be goals. But, you know, Farkas clearly done his own work there. He set them up to go. Look, we'll sit off and we'll counter them, and and they were very when they once they beat our press, they were in every time. Mm. Basically, it, it, they deserved to win the game, Norwich. I thought they, their tactics were spot on and they played well. I mean, probably you know after a two week break where he's had ch- time to drill him, it would have been ideal to have played him once they'd lost to Bournemouth and Watford. But obviously, they've had two weeks off and he's worked on them, and they targeted Sadibi as well. Even in the first few minutes, you could see they were clipping it in over his head. Mm. Um, so they clearly he clearly drilled them up for this game, but you know. Going back to what you were saying there, Pete, in terms of you know going missing, there was definitely some players on that pitch there that did not want the ball. It was clear whether it's because the fans were getting anxious and they were getting on the case or whatever. But it takes a brave player to want to get on it, demand it, and dictate the play. And I was wondering there why are we not why are we not dominating the midfield here? Why are we not actually putting them under pressure and, and, and penning them in? Then I was looking at looking at every time Davis got the ball and every time Schneiderlin got the ball, particularly Davis. They were looking forward, and it was just nothing, no one showing. I looked at Sigurdsson, and the amount of times he just basically stood there behind the man. Davis would then look up and go, "Right, I'm not. I don't know where to play." Go wide, and then he'd go wide and get recycled. And then Sigurdsson would have his hands up in the air like that, going, "Why have you not picked me out? You've not even dropped into a gap mm-hmm. to try and receive the ball and look like you want to dictate the game." Yeah. I mean, the stats are damning, and you know that was what you see with your eyes, like the eye test, if you want to call it that. And the stats afterwards back it up. You know, you saw uh, the, the stats coming out after the game. Awobi, in what thirty minutes, made more passes and created more big chances than Sigurdsson did in ninety. Mm. That's frightening. That's frightening for a player of his ability, or you know, for what what he is. We just we, we just collapse. If, we, if you can't play through midfield and you're forced out wide, it's just the same old, same old over and over again. I think it's important I'll just say, yeah, Guilfi Sigson had, had a really, really poor game. He was awful, mate. Um, he was awful. But he wasn't the only one. Because I, I I I couldn't sit there and pick out anyone who came out of the game with any mm-hmm. kind of credit. I thought the centre-gars were appalling. I, I mean, obviously, the, the, that first goal that Norris scored, I don't know what the Sooners were doing there. Yeah, the, 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 lost the first header, was it? 
Yeah, and the two, the two in the book had an opportunity to, to tackle uh, tackle Pookie, and the two of them just totally well, it was half fast tackle, was wasn't it? Absolutely yeah, terrible yeah, yeah. attempt at a tackle. You know, then and then when the ball is played through uh, to Camp Well, they got snared and walking. Just got snared and walking. That's it. We talk a lot about phases of play, yeah. don't we? When you see both them goals, particularly the second goal, there's just eons of time for but that Norwich team. Both avoidable goals. Yeah, but the, the, the point is, you watch that first half, and you know what? You kind of think. Look, we've had an international break, like you said, Pete. We've come on the back of an away win, albeit Luxembourg, but you know it's a bit of a bogey ground for us. We've gone there, we've got a bit of momentum coming. Almost the international breaks probably come at the wrong time, but we just look flat. Yeah. We look really lethargic, and you know, arguably our, our most, you know, you want to call bright players like Richarlison, we like they just didn't look like they were at the races. I don't mm-hmm. know whether it's because he's been away and he's come back and whatever. You can throw all the excuses you want out there, but we just look flat and lethargic, and we just look like we weren't up for the fight. At that's all. it. The flimsy excuses, aren't they? Yeah, you know, yeah. being away on international duty. I mean, playing for your country is an honour, and the professional sports people were, were and the young lads, so they can recover. You know, but, what I mean? but also, if that if that was a valid point, there, I'm not saying by it's not it's not a valid point. Yeah. But if say there was an issue there because he's saddled the movie, saddled. I mean, the movie didn't start the game. But is that why he's not started? Maybe then, isn't it? Because yeah, he's yeah, been but, away. Yeah, but don't start at Arsenal then. I know he's a massive goal threat, but don't start him. Yeah. Just say to Calvert-Lewin, well, you start, you start up top. I'd even say Tottenham out of there and go, OK, let's throw, let's throw Moise Keane in there, score two, three, Italy. He hasn't sat particularly far. He's probably lifted by it. And instead, I know. The, the, the massive concern I had yesterday, and we're going to come on to the manager, so I think it's really important that we, that we just keep this segment solely on, on the game yesterday. But on the game yesterday, the substitutes that were made, Iwobi was, was going to come on before the goal went in so that wasn't a reactive substitution that was well you know, he should have gone at half time he should have done yeah. but he was ready to come on and then they scored so he came on straight away for Snyderland the concern I've got Walcott come off and as much as we were poor it was probably the slightly brighter of all our players I'd say I thought, he's I thought, not as good as he's, he's nowhere near the level he's been no, the last few but weeks in a poor performance he was yeah. doing something I thought and, and he could always offer you something Walcott oh, but okay he took him off on comes Calvert-Lewin, absolutely fine with that substitution, bring Calvert-Lewin on. The one that I cannot get my head around is the Coleman on for Sadibi. Now, whether Sadibi's getting ripped apart or not, I couldn't care less. because it's I thought he was injured. I said to the guy next to me, I, I said, I said you, must, you must be injured. I was, why would you do that, sir? Why would you do a light-for-light right-back and waste a mm-hmm. sub mm-hmm. when you need a goal? I, he must have been injured for me. I, don't, I, I mean, look, whether he was or he wasn't, but he must have been it. Why would you do that? You wouldn't do that one nil down going, I'll bring another right back for a right back. You on. just don't know because you know if he thinks they're getting in behind and we're, we're chasing this goal, you might have just thought, well, let's, let's, let's throw Coleman on. But Sadibi, we need a goal. He's gonna, he, he puts in far more of a deliver, better delivery than Coleman does. But, it, but, if, but if, he's, if he's not injured, this is, people asked this question a few weeks ago, what does Mo, what is Moise Keane thinking? Well, what is he thinking? Because mm. Moise Keane must be. I, I, I stood up from where I was sitting and I looked down, I could see Cavalier at, at his top off. And Moise Keane was next to him. I thought, yeah, Moise Keane's coming on here. Love it. Get him on there. You know, he was in the stars. He was going to score. And then next minute I saw Coleman. I just thought to myself, yeah, it defies logic, that's it. Does, it does, it does. Logic. But really Moise Keane must be thinking, what have I got to do here? You know, before the game, yeah, he was never going to start it. And that's absolutely fine. But when you're 1-0 down, you want players on because they they're not, they're not quick at the back. They're not athletic. They're not. Well, they're not they had a couple of lumps out. at the back there. Yeah, they're just just, just let's get a bit, a bit of pace on. You know, I thought Cavalier was quite bright when he came on. Actually, I thought he worked, he worked hard. He, he got on a challenge a little bit. He, he, well, he stretched him. Like, go back to the start then. So look, there's an argument to say look, you should have changed it. But look, he's, he's kept the same winning team. So he's kept the same team. There's that there's that classic like why change your winning team? That's obviously gone away and went at Southampton. But what for me, what this, what he should have done is then realised going look. 
they're sitting off. Toton's got no pace, so we're not threatening behind. And they've got two big lumps at the back who can't run, who just want to have a battle with you. So therefore, Toton's ideal for them. So they're winning every header. We, we weren't, weren't getting any change out of them. So why has he not then realised that and then gone, hang on a minute, this is not working. Let's bring on DCL for him, straight swap. And then at least we've got a threat in behind then and that stretches them. And then bring a Wobie on for Sigurdsson. But I think he's made Sigurdsson captain, weirdly. So Sigurdsson's captain. So therefore, in a roundabout way, do you then take your captain off the 45 minutes because he's having a shocker? And then bring on a Wobie straight away. We probably should have done. But is that the reason why he's not brought him off at all? You know, it's, it's like... I mean, surely that's, that's a sign that, that Silver feels he's struggling to get the most out of Sigurdsson. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's playing with, Look, he scored some worldies for us and he, he, he does every season. He's scored a couple of good goals already this season. But he, he is vital to that team if you want to create... And, and and if you know you've you've got to have a player in that position who can create, and he, he just can't create in that position. I think he's wasted playing in that position, and he showed it yesterday. And he clearly lacked confidence. We've all played footy, whatever levels and that. That you know, in a game, if you're having a shocker, you can go missing if you want to. There's ten other players there that can have the ball. Well, you, well, you, you, know you saw, I mean? saw Sigurdsson's tackle, which laid the ball in for their second yeah. goal. What, what one? What kind of tackle was that? And two, he's then stood there with his arms out wide when the ball goes in. It's like, come on, you know. But he's the king of. You know, you, you've made some great points in the past, Peter, about how he, he closes the lanes down. He does. He does close the, the lanes down. But the, the amount of times I saw him where he was a split second too late to make the tackle every yeah. time, like he was there, but then he kind of thought, I don't want to put the tackle in really. So therefore, I'll kind of look like I'm putting an effort in. It was a bit like that. Like, oh, he, yeah. and I just thought you need to haul him off here because we're just. And as soon as Awobi comes on. We look a completely different team. Mm. You know, he created that chance for Tosin. He was thri- threading balls in. He was putting little clip balls in over the top. They were struggling to contain us. And we thought we're going to get a goal here. We're going to get an equaliser. He's so he's and so we, like and he's so clever in that position. Yeah, but exactly. But he receives. Not only does he put clever passes in, he clips it in and, and slides people. He runs with it as well. He carries the ball. He holds yeah. people off. Mm. And you know, he's exactly what we needed. If we'd have started with him in that game. And arguably maybe DCL for his pace and whatever. I think we'd have won. Probably won that game. But because of that, we. We basically played into the hands perfectly, and then we made them look like a million dollars. Basically, I mean, you know I mean? They, they aren't a good side at all, and they've got know, some neat and tidy players like Campbell and do that, but they're not great. They're not, they're not they, great. They haven't got they're much pace. And I, there was one point in the in the first half where the ball was played through, and Mina was trying to get back. And I've never known a fellow six foot five with such long legs. You go backwards when he runs when he spins. No, that was when Hernandez got played yeah, in. Yeah, but yeah. you know he was quite quick. Him to be fair, though. Yeah, but come on, he was like he was going backwards. Come on, he's, he's not known for pace. So he's like he's running in wellies. He's he's spot on. And it's just you know I think to myself I just I, I can't understand why he's so slow. I can't get it. And it's worked in the last few weeks since Holgate's come in. It's worked okay, hasn't it? In terms of Holgate's come in, he's taking his chance. We wrote, we've said this. Yeah, he's played well. Coming. I thought he was poor yesterday. I thought the two of them were absolutely terrible. Were really you know, poor, yeah. I know Pookie's a, a clever centre forward. He's got he's got a great face touch. I think he's he's bright and all that. But he's, he's not unplayable. And listen, he's been away on international duty yeah. in the week he's as got well. No pace. He played a lot of football. Yeah, scored. But he's got no pace. Yeah. So really, you're playing up against a guy who's not physical. He's got no pace. He's relying on people to slide him in. Yeah. That's basically his game. He, he likes to get in between defenders and. and and, and really, he should be able to defend that. He hasn't scored since the first five games of the season. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, really, you know, you're playing a team there that we should. And I think the players genuinely, I think it was a mixture of obviously people, players being away, but also half of them there just expecting to walk over these. Mm. I think half of them just expected just to walk through. I think what I'm finding interesting about the, the conversation we're, we're having, I know we're going to come on to the manager in a minute, and ultimately, you know, it, it's his head on the block, but. We're talking mostly about the players, the attitude of the players, the performance of the players, and that that just really wasn't good enough. 
Yeah, it was, it, it was a mix. It was a mix, really. I think it was a mix of we weren't set up right against that type of team. So I think that's probably shocked them a little bit as well. And Farker's comments, interestingly, in the pre-match, in the build-up to it, were actually saying they were asking about players being available, systems and all that, like they do in a pre-match presser. And he actually physically said, like, um, I'm not going to give too much away because it's always you can always surprise a team after an international break, was the word he used. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's exactly what he did. I think we were we were prepared for them to go come on to us and it'll be a, a big open game. It could have been a you know a four two or a three three two or whatever. And like you said, Matt, it wasn't that at all. They've done they've done the homework and they've done what other teams before them have done at Goodison and Sheffield United and the likes of that and gone. Go on, you have the ball and we'll we'll basically fill fill the middle of the pitch up so you can't get in and force you out wide and then you know you're not going to beat us mm. and. Teams are now doing that. Teams are now. Yeah. We've got the perfect pitch to play like that as well, haven't we? Relatively small pitch, yeah, yeah. fairly narrow. Yeah. Teams are savvy to that now. That's how you beat Everton. That's how you beat them. And, and that's, yeah. where, that's where we, we as a side, have got to be better. We've got to be able to adapt. And again, we'll come on to Silver surely. But we've got to be able to adapt. All the best sides adapt to the situation. You, can't, you don't just go onto the pitch and think, well, we, we've, we've been insane all week and we've been drilled on, on this, mm. okay? But as a footballer, you've got to be able to go on to the pitch and go, hang on, the difference here, what can we do to get around that? The mind just got to go, what can we do to, to combat what, what they're doing to us? And that's a disappointing thing. But yeah, that's it, in-game management. It is, and, but, and that's where you've got to be able to spot it. Because I, I was looking at it going, like what Davis has been forced deep here with Schneider, and that they're both pretty much next to each other. Yeah. And Davis should be the one playing a bit further up. Because... I can see why he played Schneidlin, right? Because obviously there, were, there would have been a threat on the counter, so that gives you a little bit of protection. And almost then saying to everyone else, you go on and create. Yeah. But it, it, I was watching that first half and just thinking, hang on a minute, we're not on top of these at all here. They, they were the best in the first half. Exactly. They had a lot more of the ball than I thought they would do. Um, I think I think where we lost the game yesterday as well was also within the midfield. I thought the midfield battle was lost when we had... Uh, Tete seemed to console a lot of the midfield, and that was a was a massive concern because I know he, he's a big lad. He used, he's been playing centre half, hasn't he? And he he was in the midfield yesterday. And we, just, we just couldn't. We just didn't get in there around him and pick the ball off. Him no, but that's what, that's what I'm saying. But that's where you need a player, Mike. You will it will demand it. He'll basically he drop in the gap and go give it me, give it me every time. Play through me. But you know, and we didn't do is that. Is there anyone in our starting eleven? That you'd say has been a standout performer for for Everton so far this season. I don't think, I don't think anyone has. I think you can say. I mean, Mean has probably been our best player on the whole. Yeah, it's I, been. In, I think it's been in patches. Yeah, yeah, it has. It's been in patches. Has Charleson to... at times looked great. Yeah, yeah but I, times I think that's been. a problem. I mm-hmm. think you can look at most of the teams in the Premier League and pick out, uh, no, not just the best player on paper, but somebody who f- for that side so far this season has been, you know, a leader or a match winner. I think, I think we way, haven't got anyone like that at the, the moment. The way there's consistency, isn't it? it you know, every single team you would say, probably Barrows and, and the Snake boys, because they're absolutely terrible. I'm not, I've got a player who is, will give you a 7 or 8 out of 10 every single week. You can guarantee that they will, whether you play well or not as a side, this player will always stand out and, and be, be good. Um, I've said it for, for years and years and years. I've gone on talk shows and said exactly the same thing. Everton have not got a leader. Mm. We haven't had a leader since Phil Neville. Whether people like Phil Neville or not, he was our last leader. And someone who would leave in the front mm. would be in the referees here, would be in the players' ears. I'm sure at our time we get the players a rollicking. There's not one player in that squad who will do that. Well, exactly. Who's going to turn around yeah. to Sigurdsson and say, you're not being good enough? Yeah, you're not showing. Yeah. You're not showing. Pull your finger yeah. out. Well, I did, ironically, the guy that came on at half-time, that's exactly what that team needs right now, isn't it? 
So Dave Watson came on yeah. to stand an ovation at half time. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he was that type of player. I can guarantee if you've gone in half time there, he'll have rattled, he'll have rattled a few. Mm. Um, and there isn't, and it is a bit of an old school mentality that, but there does need to be someone in there saying, look, like you said, Sigurdsson, mate, show for the bloody ball here. Mm. We've got it. Because everyone was criticising Davis. That's Davis's worst game for a while. But I think I almost felt sorry for Tom because Tom's played his best recently when he's got it and he's given it quickly. He's, he's, give him a feed, yeah. give it quickly, give it. And when we play one touch stuff. He got the ball a couple of times and he was so deep at times and he was taking one touch looking at nothing, two touches, three, four, and then he was getting tackled. Like the old Tom Davis getting tackled on his foot. It's touch. because he was going deep because he wanted to be involved because he wasn't no, but involved. Exactly, exactly. He, was he was taking five ball. touches yeah, yeah, and getting yeah. tackled because he was looking up going, I've yeah. got nothing on. Yeah. So therefore, and then the crowd, oh, you know, to be fair, you know, I, you can't really overly criticise him because you know if he's got no options ahead of him, mm. he's going to take two, three, four touches. And in the Premier League, you take three, four touches, you're getting tackled, don't you? Do you think that yeah. answers the Coleman question? Do you think that's why Silver brought him on? Bit of leadership, potentially, potentially. But what I would say, I mean, Coleman come on and thought that he did okay, and he was he was pushing up quite high, and he was getting in behind. He got into good positions. He did, yeah. but. What I would say is, at the end of the game, the, the full-time whistle went, and I always make sure I stay in my seat and still every single Everton player leaves that pitch. And I thought it was an absolute disgrace that All down the every single one of them just got off. Yeah. Now, if you've got a leader there, you go, listen, get over to the, get over to the, whether we like it or not, no matter how poor we were in that game, you go around and you go and applaud those fans that have stayed until this, until... The, the full time for went because the all, Luca Dean was fit. Luca Dean was fit. I don't care. Luca Dean was fit from down the tunnel. Pickford was probably second, legged it over. Yeah, mm. uh, hot. They all went. Silver. I'll say that Silver was probably first, but they all just got off. Go, go and take some responsibility with the fans. Yeah, I know it's horrible. I know you got like there was booze. I know there was chance for uh, sacked in the morning. I know all that, but you're playing for this club. The fans are paying the money go and applaud the fans because we were all there we had to suffer it it was horrible but go and applaud them and any leader with with the salt would make sure that that side goes and sees the fans off and that no, I, can, I can see what you're saying I mean Dean you mentioned Dean there it's the worst game I've seen him play for us I don't think he's been anywhere near his level this no, season no. he's shown flashes with you know crosses and assists and that but he, he was a standout player last mm. year and he looks to me and I know I, said, I know you disagree with me on the phone, but he just looks to me like I don't want to be involved in this I've played for Rome, I've played for Barca, I've played, I play, I'm a French international, why am I playing at the bottom of the Premier League? That's what it looks like to me. It looks like he's just like, his body language, I know he's, he plays well off the likes of Bernard probably better, and that, that inhibits his game I think a little bit, not having someone like a clever Bernard type player in front of him, but he doesn't look like he's up for it. Yeah. I hate to say it, I and mean, then like you said, straight down the sun, the first one down the sun, he's legged it off, like he's probably fuming going, why am I playing like this, why am I playing a team like this? That's that for me is a worry. But um, well, the, well, the the question is then, okay, we are where we are in the league. Is it now time for the manager to either walk away or leave the club? And that's where we're going to go after this short break. Back to the second part of this week's Unholy Trinity podcast, where we're now going to discuss, and we've discussed it probably numerous times since we, we started the podcast in, in February, and that's the, the future of Marco Silva. Um, it's come up 
more and more frequently over the last probably few weeks, couple of months. Uh, a lot of fans have been questioning whether he's the right man for the job. We've very much been in the camp, well, let's give the man time. You know, it's it's a long-term project. Let's see what he can do. Has anyone's opinion or thoughts changed on the back of yesterday? I'll, I'll give you mine in a minute, but come in and say what you feel about the manager at this moment in time. Probably. I think, like I said to the two of you yesterday after the game, seeing the reaction of the fans, you know, not just the booing, but the, you know, the singing, the general tone around the stadium, I think when it gets like that in general, it's the beginning of the end. Mm. And I'm struggling to see, looking at the fixtures we've got coming up, I'm struggling to see Marco Silva surviving it. Um, do I think he's a good coach? Yes. Do I like him? Yes. Do I think we played some really impressive football under him? Yes. But I'm struggling to see how things change for Everton for me. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd tend to agree with everything you said there, really. Um, you know, when it gets to a stage like that, where you're thinking, how, how, do, you def- how do you defend it? I mean, obviously, look, the buck always stops with the manager. You know, sometimes you can turn around and say, look, the players have got to take the responsibility, and rightly so, they have. Um, but there comes a point where you're thinking, it becomes indefensible, doesn't it? And you're trying to think, well, you know, that's the first, that's the first time I've heard our own fans singing you're getting sacked in the morning and quite frankly I've said it to you afterwards as well I I was a bit embarrassed I was embarrassed that our own fans are singing that towards our own manager sitting there standing there I was in the upper bullings with a load of of guys and that in there and obviously there was a split there was clearly a split because it was coming from the Gladys it was coming from the main stand it wasn't really coming from where you normally sit as well Pete in, in the bullings there but I was I was embarrassed that was the case. They've got every right. Everyone's got their opinions. Got every right, um, you know, to vent their anger and things like that. But yeah, um, it's just it's massively frustrating. I don't know what you think, Mike. I can't help but agree. I sat there yesterday and um, just sort of bringing it down in regards to the the fan reaction. Like you said, it's the first time that I've heard the fans as a collective there's been people mm-hmm. social media and what have you who have turned on silver quite a while ago and they've voiced their opinion um, but it's the first time as a collective fan base that publicly we've voiced that opinion um, and to join in with the Norwich fans and with what they were singing you're getting sacked mm-hmm. in the morning it's disappointing you don't you don't like to hear it I, I don't it's not something that, that I would ever join in but it's not particularly me do I understand it? Yeah, I do. I do get it. Sorry to interrupt you, right, Mike. Listeners might notice a little bit of feedback on the audio because we've got a <laughs> we've got a snoring spaniel. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but this, it's quite boring. Was talking about Everton. Yeah. Know. He, yeah. he's, he's at the end of his tether uh, with with Everton at this moment in time. So his snoring's probably a bit more sense than what I'm saying. To be honest with you, yeah. yeah there we go. Just perfect, perfect, making more perfect, sense. Perfect, yeah, it probably is. Yeah, perfect, perfect timing. But like I say. It's not something that I really join in with at the match in terms of you get you know you're getting sacked in the morning and all that. That's just that's just not me. But I do understand those that have done it. Uh, the frustration was evidence. The videos of people berating Bill Kenlight. Uh, there was one with with Mishiri as well, and you know Kenlight was conversing with the gentleman. He said he's always got to go. He's the worst man we've ever had, and so on. Was Mishiri getting it as well? He got it from there was a yeah there was no old gentleman sort of like 
shouted down to where Machine was going out. What, giving him? Uh, just basically saying, you know, mm-hmm. sort of got, got to go, sort him out, and, and he said. I don't, I don't like that. that. I don't like the manager, like the any, sorry, like Machine, whatever, getting it. If he's getting abuse, um, all right, vent, whatever, but if he's if you're getting abuse, like you don't, I mean, the guy's come in, he's cleared our debts. He's turned the club around. You can say what you like about him. You know, he's obviously mm. maybe got the money, but he's cleared the debt. He's got the club in a much stronger financial footing. We've got we're on the verge of getting this new ground. You know, he's obviously backed the team with money. He doesn't have to do that. He's a billionaire. He's, a, he's set for life. He's, he's, he's a businessman. He doesn't have to get involved in a football club. We, the last thing we want him is for him to go sort of this. Yeah, but if I was involved in last night, though, I said last night when when we spoke, just because he's coming with the money, he can't be. Devoid of any kind of um, shout from the fans or any kind of no, but if it's abuse, so that's different. Isn't no, it is, but it's like any walk of life, isn't it? Abuse, yeah. there's no no need for abuse. But if someone's saying, "Listen, Farhad, he's a disgrace," but look, sort it out. He's that's, that, that's fine. You, yeah, if it's that, that, that position, not only is he a successful businessman, but he's come from Arsenal, so he's used to high expectations and he's used to big divides in the fan base. So I don't for a minute think that he's not, you know, up to the flak. Let's say, but. Again, I know Evertonians can be divided on this as well, but I think we're a really, really well-run club. Um, and I think Mashiri and Ken Wright are a good duo. And I think they do listen to the fans. I think they're very connected to the fans. And I think they try and do the right thing. Well, there was a, there was a, a board meeting last night. Obviously, um, Mashiri, Ken Wright, Marcel Brands and uh, Denise Barrett-Baxendale, they all met after the game. And, and I know Farhad Mashiri spoke to the manager as well. Mm. But someone said that's not unusual. If he's there, he does speak to the manager. Um, Silver was quite defiant, wasn't he, in terms of what he was saying after the game, excuse me. And he was, you know, said it's not a time to talk about individual positions, but the, the question I've got now, after that, after the, the Sheffield United game, where we got beat 2-0, going back to near the start of the season, you could, you could almost say, well, OK, it's the start of the season, things are settling down. I didn't need too much into that. Mm. After yesterday... And the way the players looked absolutely lethargic mm-hmm. and weren't winning the races at all, and questioning mm-hmm. the substitutions that were made. I do. I sat there and I'm asking the question now: Has his position become untenable? But, well, that's it. I think the fear is he's lost both the dresser and the fans. Which we thought, which we thought, and we mm-hmm. were up to say last week that he hadn't, because there was a lot of talk to say that the mm-hmm. players were still very much on board, and people we had spoken to. From within the club, had said no. The players are still well on board with with Farhad, uh, with Farhad, with her, with Marco Silva, and that's the concern. What what has changed in in a week or two weeks for them not to be on board? But that's showing if if they are on board, that's showing against Norwich does not signify that they are. Is what I'd say. And the, the, play, I, the players play for him. In, uh, one thing you can't you can't say is the players have not not they've not down tools as far as I've seen. That was the first time I've seen the players look lethargic and not up for it. Is that then the same as then they're not playing for him? I don't know. I just think half of them there just basically didn't put a shift in. Mm-hmm. Didn't put a shift in. You've got a minimum every week, minimum match your team mm-hmm. physically, and they didn't do that. And at the same time, you know, look at Silver's comments after the game here. Right, this is where it's going to wind up a lot of fans. He's put on here. Literally, I have to respect the feelings of the fans. This is not the first time we didn't play well enough to win. Honesty, so he's not like Martinez where he's turning out going, yeah, we dominated when we didn't. There was no intensity and not enough pace or mobility to to disorganise them. That last comment for me is where he's got to be culpable. Yeah. 
I was going to say, to, to be provocative, to be the voice of a lot of angry fans, is that not the manager's responsibility? Is it not his job to get them organised, fired up and get a performance Correct. out of them? Well, you just said it there. What's the most restraint in that comment is that we didn't have the pace to disorganise him. So therefore, we've got literally in, in, in Tosin, um, Sigurdsson and Schneidlin, both of them got absolute zero mm. pace. They're not going to disorganise a team. So arguably then he should have spotted that it wasn't working like we said and then changed it straight away at half time and had the ball to change it at half time because I think we could have still won that game regardless of how poor the first half was we still could have won that game yeah, and just by complete coincidence which sums up our season Awobi's about to come on anyway and then obviously he comes on on the back of the fact we've just conceded mm-hmm. an absolute sloppy goal like we said so you know, half the people shouting behind me, screaming, saying "too late, Silver!" Once that goal went in, like, oh, yeah. mm. you know, and you can almost understand that. You probably should have had the bottle to take even Sigurdsson off, mm. or even even Schneidlin take him off. So you should have. As soon as Schneidlin gets a yellow, for me, as soon as Schneidlin gets booked, you've got to take him off like that half time because he yeah. he does those little niggly fouls every time. Pulls the shirt, leaves his foot in. He's 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 he's, he's another yellow card waiting to happen. He, he went in I mean? not long after and won the ball. Yeah, but it could quite, have easily got it, it wrong. It was quite yeah. yeah. If you slightly missed time by half a second, then you could go off. And he held the player back yeah. as well. And then we all thought he was going to get pulled back. Everyone yeah, thought he's yeah. off it. Yeah, yeah. He literally held held. I think it was Campbell who held him back. Yeah. And it was a cynical. It was like one way you get a booking. Because the first booking was a farce. None of us have talked about Anthony Taylor, by the way. But he's not worth discussing. He's not. That was an absolute shambles. I mean, that's the other thing as well in modern footy and things like you know how how referees aren't jumping on that with the time wasting Mm. is doing my head in. You know the amount of times they were were going down and wasting time every single time when they weren't injured is a nightmare. But I mean, without going back to the game, I mean Marco Silva's in this position and make make no mistake, he's in this position um, for not just yesterday's game. But yeah, the referee could have done a lot better. Tim Cool was a prime example for me, where it must have been a, at least fifteen occasions where he's taken a goal kick or kick out of his hands or what have you, and he was taking 30, 35, 40 seconds. The referee, yeah, blew his whistle a couple of times and waved his hands. Should have, should have booked him because he's waiting to be booked. Well, go and book him then. Don't yeah, just, don't just stand there, you know, and just go. Oh yeah, come on, come on, book him, and then he won't do it then. You know, it's, but, it's, but that's, but it's endemic. Not, it's endemic it in the game but, now. But, you know, really, it really is. That's that's. Mm. I'm not saying that would have that would have saved us. No, because you can see why they're doing it. They're going to get an away win. Yeah, but, you know, but they need to jump on it. But they it was it was so. It. I was I was hugely deflated yesterday. Really, really deflated. Leaving me season. Um, went went back and 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 had a drink and what else again. And I I sat there. Didn't want to speak to anyone at all didn't want a conversation there was someone who was bladdered next to me and I can only apologise if it came across as being rude or what have you but I didn't want a conversation with you I didn't want to take a selfie with you either that's just how it is I'm not in the mood for that kind of nonsense and we're just being beat I sound like a celeb mate I know well you, you know, know well, well you know I don't mind autographs but I ain't doing selfies when we get beat by a noise alone but I sat there questioning the manager um, probably for the first time yesterday is what, is what I'd say and I was half expecting something to come out last night there's a lot of talk this morning um, and this afternoon that, I mean, looking at the lease, I don't like to deal with odds. We've been here before. David Moyes is, is one to two on to be the next Everton manager. So is Mark Hughes up there, isn't he? No, Hughes is, yeah, he is his second favourite and five to two. Jesus. Mark Silva's one to three on to be the next manager sacked. Um, shows you where we are. But what also shows you where we are is that the, the top two names mentioned there, a former manager who had his day, and Audrey Roberts, Mark two. 
uh, in Mark Hughes yeah, because shocking, shocking. you don't want him anywhere near the club. By the way, he's and and, and for me, and what David Moyes did for Everton at that time was absolutely fantastic. You can't fault the man. Besides, when he left for United, he decided to buy Benton Fellini for thirty million. You can't fault what he did for Everton Football Club. But let's get it right. He's had his day. You never go back, mate. He's had his day. Even the great Howard Kendall. Yeah, you know what I mean, if, if, um, if you, you don't if you, go back, there. If you, you know if you're going to sack the manager now, and I, I think I think he's gone after Leicester. To be honest, I, I'm going to come on to Leicester shortly, but mm. I can't see us getting off from that game. I think he's gone after Leicester before the derby. Um, if you want to make a statement here, go and get the right man. Go 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 and get someone. And it's about it's about the timing as yeah. well, isn't it? If yeah. you're if you're a top manager, are you gonna to want to go to Everton at this point in the season yeah. where you, you've likely got no transfer kitty, you've got a side down on the look. You've got six hard fixtures. You you've got an injury list where arguably, you know, your two most important central midfielders are potentially out for the rest of the season. Yeah. So if David Moyes comes in, number one, he's in as interim manager. Yeah. Number two, you've got a massive problem of, again, how do you attract somebody with the stature and the potential that should fit with Everton's vision after David Moyes has been sat in that seat? Yeah, I know. I totally agree with that. And it's like we were saying before, that we, what, we've, what we've always talked about on here, it's not necessarily it's what Silver brings, although we do think he's a good coach. It's, 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 kind of, it's the reset again, isn't it? This yeah. is a three- to five-year plan. That we're all got, we're all on board with. Which, by the way, the club have been absolutely crap at marketing. Mm. We said that they've, they've been awful at marketing that. So therefore, as a result, the hiccups that we do have are magnified times hundred. So that you know, this three to five year plan is then reset again. Who's then bring it? If Moyes does come in interim, gets us into mid table, whatever where we are, do we then sack David and then go right? Who else are we bringing in again now? And yeah, you know, everyone's saying Pochettino. I'd love Pochettino at, at the club. And you there's, know, there's more chance of Pete getting a job. There's more chance of Pete. That's where we are. That's where we are. He's not going to come to Everton. This guy's been linked with Bayern. He's been linked with PSG. Real he used to play for Real Madrid. He's, in, he's at that table, isn't he? Yeah. You know, and he's and, he, and he's deserved it because what the, the job he did at Spurs. Mm. Look, we can go and we can ask the question. Yeah. But I can guarantee, uh, you know, he, he's lined up for one of those I'm, jobs. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not sitting here saying don't go and ask the question if, if it comes it comes about that we need a new manager. Don't go and not speak to him. You know, I'd say the same for as much as I said Mourinho was never going to be the answer. I wouldn't say don't go and ask Mourinho if he was still available. The concern I've got is if you bring in David Moyes, for example, and David Moyes does all right. You know what's going to happen. Yeah, he has a three-year contract. Exactly, and that's a concern. That's a concern for me because we've been here before with Allardyce. The only thing is, no, no one likes Sam Allardyce. No one can stand Sam Allardyce. He was brought in to do a job. Did a job. Dire football. Yeah, dire football. He was. He's really arrogant. He loves himself. He thinks. He thinks he's the you know the world's greatest manager in his own head. He was never. He was never taken to the hearts of the Everton fans because of how he is as a man. David Moyes is still with certain people, Bill Kenley probably especially, has got a, a place in people's hearts. And I'm sure some Everton fans will sit there and go, yeah, I wouldn't mind. I've, I've seen it. Uh, a few comments I've seen over the last, last day or so. People want, oh, I wouldn't mind. Moyes coming back into six months, you know. Tim Kaler's assistance and, you know, or Big Dunker's assistance. Yeah, Romanticism, mate. You know? It is. No, it is. Mm-hmm. But the concern for me is that if that does happen, that he does all right. And by the way, 
I'm not saying I don't want us to do alright if he comes in of course I do because I want us I want us you're talking about average aren't you when you yeah. say alright you're talking about like scraping a top half finish yeah and that's yeah, it what, what, yeah exactly what does that and say it, for us a handful it? of clean sheets and a few good draws and, and me, and you know, we're beyond that now aren't we the fifth round of the FA Cup or something like that we are beyond that and he's had his day but it's such a and people people can say to us someone he's going to have the same issues Mike isn't he? No, he he's, is, gonna, he's not going to come in and wave a magic wand and go I'm suddenly going to turn Calvert-Lewin into a 25 goal striker He's gonna have the same issues. We're still not scoring goals. You know, we haven't got an out-and-out striker, um, and we've still got, you know, issues issues with injuries and issues at centre back and whatever. He's yeah. not, we're not going to sign anyone in January because we can't sign anyone until we get those other lads off the books. And now some of their contracts are going to run out, like in the apps and people like that. So we may get the odd loan in January, but it's not going to change. He's going to have the same issues that this manager's got now. Well, we, we were asked a question earlier on today uh, by uh, Matt on Twitter at Matt Will. 1982, and he said to us, he asked, you know, our stance on Silver, and we've always backed them. And he said, Are you still backing them? And so, why? Well, I think we probably answered that question already. And when he says, When he asked why, he said, I'm asking, Is Silver good enough? Not because there's no one else. Well, it's a good question. That, it is a very good question, but you've got to take into account, you have got to take into account whether people want to like it or not. Who else is available? You can't, you can't separate those two things out. You can't because it's part of the one thing. and as much as I'd like to sit here and go, do you know what, yeah, just cut all ties and we'll get so-and-so in because he's available, he's available, he's available, he's available. These managers that we're talking about, these top-level managers, aren't available. Bar, bar Pochettino, really, and there's Toko Gallardo, maybe, the one that's mm-hmm. happening in Argentina. Yeah, he did in Everton yesterday. He did, yeah, yeah. We won't go there. Um, but besides Pochettino, really, who are we talking about? We're talking about Mark Hughes. We're talking about David Moyes. We're talking about um, Sam Allardyce. Mm. That's what we're talking about. So if you want that, then you might sit there and go, yeah, just cut all ties. It's a much more difficult question than people think it is. And I get it. And I sat there yesterday. I said it already. I was deflated. I thought it was disgusting. a disgusting performance. I thought that one of the substitutes was totally wrong. I thought the players were pathetic. And there's a lot of questions to be answered there. And the fans, right, rightfully so, voice their, their opinion and their concerns and I totally get it and I'm on board with what what happened in terms of I get why he did it I wouldn't do it myself but I get why it was but done but people have got to be realistic and that's that's the key and I'm not saying by the way he should keep his job just because of that reason but it, but it, they, they come together got, and, yeah. and we've got and we've, we've got to look at that as but a it, whole but it's the it's the, the uh, frying pan and the fire isn't it yeah it is it is yeah, it's, it's ironic in the fact that you know literally only a week or so ago they released obviously Howard's Way which I was speaking to the fellas around me who were from that generation you know God knows what they must be looking at when they look at that team that they followed in the 80s and they, they said the film was absolutely it just transported them back to that time and they said it was like the best time ever being an Everton fan we can't relate to that yet can we we've not seen a team like that you know constantly up there for honours and things like that so what they must be feeling is, is obviously a lot of frustration as well probably more so than us um, but the irony of all that Howard's position around that sort of time in his tenure was actually the same wasn't it if you look at the story mm-hmm. I don't know what you think Matt I don't know you've seen it but it is isn't it Howard's position was literally that very same thing there was calls thousands of people calling for him to be sacked you brought in a couple of old dads like Peter Reid Andy Gray and, that, and then literally within 18 months they won, they won a trophy and then 12 months after that they won the league and I'm not saying the football's not like that now it's different I don't think you can have that sort of uh, you know, uh, rise to, to the top, but it is such a difficult position that they're in at the minute because 
Can I just can I just come in there just because I've just seen something while you were talking? And he, not that I wasn't listening to what you were saying, by the way. Um, there's a lot of talk. There's going to be an announcement at three o'clock today, and there's reporters of Finch Farm. Now, believe what you want to believe. We, we're recording just before then. Um, I, I don't know how true it is. You see these things. These things come on Twitter, and you know, believe what you want to believe. But all roads, I think, are leading to David Moyes, and that's. That's just how it looks to that's me. That's Bill's involvement, that, isn't it? That's how it looks that's to me. And the thing is, if, you, if you're going to put yourself in a position, and um, you know, and he, and he does go, and and you are, and your choices are Moyes, Hughes, or someone like Allardyce, what a choice that is! You're gonna you're gonna pick David Moyes, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. he knows the club and all that sort of stuff, and he'll steady the ship, whatever. But like you said, Pete, you know, you then let's say he does drag us up to the upper echelons of the same. Let's be honest, we win yesterday. We're in the top ten, you know. That's how mm. that's how that's how tight it is. I mean, he only needs a couple of wins, and you're right up there. Yeah. And then I, I, having those choices is like it's like having a choice of a coffee cream minstrel, <laughs> a bouncy in a box of celebrations, and a galaxy truffle. Or, or, galaxy truffles are nice. No, they're not legally disgusting. So, <laughs> so that that's just, that's the options that we've got from obviously the, well, the blue one in quality street. Yeah, you know, there's I could I could go down the road of many. Uh, sweet analogies there when comparing Hughes, Moyes and, and Allardyce but the point is if he goes and it's looking like he's going to whether it's today this week the week after next looks like he is going to go um, we are not going to bring in a manager for the long term at this point in time and people need to get that in, in their head I think but that's it and that's, that's the season isn't it I know we're still in the cups yeah. at, at the time of recording anyway <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be knocked out of the big year you could probably by the time it comes out yeah. <laughs> but no but that's that's the thing isn't it and whether or not Marco Silva is there for the game against Leicester the weekend remains to be seen but that's what we're going to try and, try and Pete jump in before I finish this I just want to say are we all in agreement at least if he is the manager for Leicester and we lose he's gone yes before the derby yes I think, yeah. I think he will do Lee I'm, I'm not so sure me I'm not so sure I just don't it's just because the alternatives for me, that's the only thing that puts me off it. That's the only thing but, that puts me off it. But I think, I think the pressure will be that much from the fans that... Yeah, once you um, lose the fans, once you lose them... Ha- which is happening. Once you lose them, by the sound of it, you know, there's several several hundred certainly chanting that the other day, it's very, very hard to get them back. Yeah. Very we, hard we've got owners that listen to the fans. Yeah, well, yeah, but I think it's I think mm. it's very hard to get those guys back. If we go in now and beat Leicester and then win at Anfield, there'll still be some of those fans that won't want him. And that says it all. Yeah. Well, let's okay. Well, let's let's see. You know, if anything changes about recording, we'll by all means bring it up. But let's let's finish that discussion there, and we, we'll be back in the in thirty seconds or so to, to look ahead to the tricky trip to Filbert Street slash the Walker Stadium slash the King Power Stadium, mm-hmm. Leicester. back to the final part of this week's Unholy Saints podcast and we're going to look ahead to the weekend's trip to High Flying Leicester and it's at a time when you don't really want to be playing them, uh, the predicament that we're in and how well they're playing and, and Brendan Rodgers has got them playing some absolutely fantastic football hasn't he? He's got them confident hasn't he? Yeah. They look, they look confident to beat anyone and take anyone on whether or not 
they've got that amount of quality in the sides, something else, but the you know, the unfazed by any other side at the moment, that makes them dangerous. What they've got is Jimmy Vardy. Yeah, yeah. twenty goal striker, we said <laughs> that. I mean we had this brief chat didn't we the other week saying look, did he inherit a better situation than obviously what Silver inherited? Arguably he probably did. Mm. Um having a twenty goal striker, you know, in this league is a massive difference. And in tight games They've had a couple of tight games this season. They've nicked it on the fact that Vardy's been banging goals. And he makes plenty of goals as well, doesn't yeah, he? He chases Everton down. He's yeah. a handful. He's on your heels yeah. for 90 minutes. And we were linked with him, weren't we, not so long ago? Everyone was saying, well, no, he's, he's past it old. now. Too yeah, old. He's past it. Um, you'd have him now. Um, but no, go. I think that, I think they've recruited well. Uh, I think I made the point again the other week how many of our current players were getting their start in 11. There's probably not many. Mm-hmm. And that shows... you know, Because Rodgers, you can say, look, I think he's a good coach, but... You know he does have a lifespan, doesn't he? Um, yeah. And, and normally he's he's got them organised. He's got them hard to beat. Um, they lost Maguire, and then the Soyuncu's come in and look really really good, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and they've obviously made the money off Maguire. Uh, Maguire. Tielemans is a good little player, young player. Would get in a lot of teams in the Premier League. I think he's. I rate him. Madison again, another player we've been linked with, as in flashes looked very very good. Obviously he's in the England fold. Um, uh, so yeah their first 11 is, is pretty strong behind that they've got the old school boys that went on and won the league like Wes Morgans and people like that but um, I think they've got a couple of average players as well I've never ever ever been enamoured with Kasper Schmeichel I think he's an extremely overrated keeper yeah I think I think he's he's a, what I'd call a solid Premier League he, he's by no means Roberto for West Ham at the minute by the way he's like Mike I'm, be, I'm better him. than him I'm <laughs> better than him what do you think of Schmeichel well just on Roberto he won a competition to play for West Ham because they must he's, be he's absolutely <laughs> terrific. Him. They must be yeah. Honestly, I can, I can get influence of in for West Ham at the moment. I'm telling you right now. But in terms of Schmeichel, I think he's all right. He's all, I think it's by his dad's name, doesn't he? Yeah, I he think he's good. But it's almost a burden that. And I think I think I, he's done it. Well, I, he won the league though. He won the league. Oh, he, come, he, come on, look, look. But he's got to have a good keeper if you win the league, Pete. Yeah, you've got to have a good key. I thought he did all right. They, that, that Leicester team, yeah, fair enough, they won the league, but they did it by counter-attacking. He had a lot of players in front of him, didn't he? I think his handling's poor, and I think his kicking is atrocious. Mm. You know, people whinge at Jordan Pickford some weeks. You watch Kasper Schmeichel for 19 well, Jordan minutes. yesterday was awful, his kicking. But, no, his kicking was terrible. But, um, but no, going back to them, look, I think their first is pretty strong. You know, the, the likes of the Harvey Barnes has come in the team, create, creates quite a bit. He's not bad out wide. Um, the midfield is very strong for me with, yeah. with, with Leicester. Tillemans, Madison, yeah. Harvey Barnes, and Dewey. Iosi Perez is starting to yeah. is starting to show a bit now as well. Again, he, he scored goals in a, in a really poor Newcastle team last season. I think what really changed their season round. They started the season okay. They weren't great, but they, what really changed their season round is when they got um, was it a, was it a result against City? Did they have a good result against? They had a, they had they scored some sort of last minute goal, um, which really you know kick started their season. And obviously they had the, the infamous Southampton game, didn't they, where they were 9-0. Mm. Um, where they were down you think it was a Chelsea game? Was it Chelsea, was it? Yeah, there was, I remember there was, a, there was a pivotal point where they seemed to have gone around. That's what football's like, isn't it? All it takes sometimes is a last-minute result in a game where you probably didn't deserve to get anything and it can completely flip the dressing room. They've now ridden this wave and they're still riding the wave. The second in the league, you know, and then we're playing, obviously. Yeah, obviously, they beat Brighton yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Arsenal, Crystal Palace, Southampton, Burnley, did just... They're brushing everyone aside. Sides it was difficult to beat the likes of Burnley. Um, yeah, because Burnley on a good run at the minute. They're yeah. in the top six. You know, Wolves who we played, you could arguably say were nowhere near us in that game. Mm. You know, um, they're they're what they're they're in the top six as well. Yeah, right up there. Yeah. 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 So you know, 
It just showed that look, Jimenez is scoring goals for them again. Mm-hmm. Again, another striker that scores goals. You know, scored it, goals. Last season. Too as well. Yeah. Jimenez. It yeah. Just, it, yeah. It, it, it makes a big difference in this league when it's that tight that you've got a top forward and, and yeah. obviously whilst they still got Vardy fit, they're gonna score. They're gonna score goals. I think the worry for us is they've got bags of pace. Not, yeah. no, and yeah. not just Jamie Vardy. Yeah. They like to run at teams. Correct. But, but the biggest worry for me is, is playing a team in confidence and they're flying. They're playing with loads of confidence at the minute. Um, and you, we know what that's like. We had, we, you know, we rode that wave at the end of last season. You know, when you're playing like that, you feel like you can beat anyone, can't you? And even as fans, you, you get on board. Then we will beat anyone here. Anyone that turns up our gaff, we're going to beat him. Mm. I just think going into that game now on the back of that result, it's going to be very, very difficult to get a result. You know, what I mean, even if we go there and try and go right, let's just sit off here and try and defend that. I don't think we we've got the, the side capable of even doing that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's so it's so difficult. They, you know, they're absolutely flying, Leicester. Absolutely flying, and as I said, you know, a few minutes ago, which is not a side that you want to go to at this moment in time. It would have been a difficult place to go. I mean, we, we went there last season and we won two one. They had a player sent off, didn't they? Um, so Sigurdsson scored helped. that goal, didn't they? Great yeah. goal from mm-hmm. Sigurdsson, uh, Richardson. When Bernard did the defender inside out, didn't he? And just put it over. Yeah, lovely that. Uh, little little touch. In his he has to play maybe team. for me if he's fit. Bernard. He's, he's back saying, isn't he, Bernard? And, and he's won. I mean, I play with Charleston through the middle, you know. I, I, I play with Charleston through the middle, like Bernard left. And I, th- I think I think you will see. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen in regards to the manager, but we think you will see. Totten will come out to the side, and whether Calvert Lewin goes central or Richardson goes central. Would you have Richardson central? I like, I like him central. You yeah. know, I do like but, but he does do a lot of damage as well when he plays wide because he comes in mm-hmm. at the back post and I think he'll give them I think he'll I know they've got some good strong centre off I think he'll uh, you know Johnny Evans another one you know, we, I, I, you know you'd have him in the team now wouldn't you an old Ed you know he's still only what 29-30 isn't he yeah um, well I was I was always surprised when last season Arsenal were heavy links to it Johnny Evans I thought Johnny Evans I know done a great job at least he's done, he's done, <laughs> he's done a great, great job. job and this, this new Turks kid who's come in Fantastic uh, centre half as well. He's, he's hit the ground running. So I like Chilwell as well. Left back. He yeah. reminds me of a young Leighton Baines. Yeah, Chilwell's very, good, very good on the ball. Yeah. Uses it well. Good. And then you got Pereira right back, who's another one who's yeah. up and down. He's Portuguese got a lot of international. Yeah. yeah. So they, they, yeah, that, that first eleven. I was looking at their first eleven. I was looking at their bench. I was like, yeah, so so. But that that first eleven is a strong eleven. You can see why they're getting results. They've not really had any injuries. Mm. That that's that's helped them as well. Um, so it won't be an easy game by by any means. Um, it'd be one of those games where you've just got to go there and just make sure you don't concede early, mm. and then just then build yourself into the game because we've got we've got the threat. Ironically, after all this chat, we've got the threat to cause them problems. But you need to be in the game, don't you? And if we concede early now, you can see the heads are going to drop. Um, so you know, and it's a litmus test for the for the game in the cup as well, isn't it? So we've got them. Is it the week after that in the cup? The cup game was yeah. the 18th, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. So it's it's a couple of weeks down the line. So it's the 18th, the the quarter final, and you know again we're expecting expecting you know another good crowd to go to some park for that game. But you just hope that at, at that time something has happened in regards to us playing better or what have you. Something to, something to lift the side, lift the fans. Um, but like I say, I'd be I'd be very surprised if if the manager. Unfortunately, gets past the. Uh, well, it is one for you then. When the Rodgers was available, and they obviously they were they were dreadful towards the end. He was there before him again last season. Claude Puel. Claude Puel. <laughs> would you would you have had Rodgers now if he was available? No. No. I don't like no. Him. No. 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 And is that purely because of his Liverpool background or what? That's past. It's like like Benitez don't want him either. People yeah. people forget when it comes to and people can sit here and say I'm bitter or what have you. 
and I'm going to go on a bit of a rant here now because I've seen so many shouts about Benitez in right. particular people forget what these managers say when they're at Liverpool and what he said about Everton mm-hmm. I, I, I don't forget that uh, there's no doubt that he's, he's a decent manager but they're, they're trying to get their own fans stoked yeah, they, don't forget. yeah they are but, but I don't forget and I, w- I will forget I don't like Brendan Rodgers I can say he's a small team the little club that 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 was out. That, of order. Right, that, was di- that was disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. out of order. You know, I don't care who you think you are and, and, you, and what club you're managing. And I know it's, there's a rivalry there between us and, and Liverpool. What did Rodgers say then? Did he say anything? I just don't like him. Yeah. I just, I just, I just, I found him to be a, a bit Brenty, isn't he? Yeah, he's a little bit of a, of a, of a cartoon character, isn't he? Yeah. And, and and again, he comes and he makes an impact. Um, I think he's a good coach. Did okay at Swansea. He's a good coach. He's did, did okay at Liverpool. He there, hasn't he? Yeah, he. You know, I couldn't uh, mind to the league title, so I'm not going to take anything from that. Uh, and he's coming to Leicester, and he's done well. But so did Martin with Everton. Yeah. Mm. So and 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 we had played the best football we've ever played in the Premier League in that first season. The Martin is we were, we were, we were sent at times we were absolutely sensational, mm. absolutely sensational with that side. Very similar to how Leicester are now in terms of the football that, that they're playing. So he has got a shelf life. A lot of new managers do make it an instant impact, which is what he's done. And okay, credit to him for that. And we we sit here now and we, and we applaud Leicester uh, for what they've done. And they, they look great and, and brilliant. But would they have them? No. No. Well, no I, just, I just can't stomach. I couldn't stomach him. No, no, no. I thought I'd ask the question. I just think. You know, for me, going into that game, you know, arguing on the back of what should have been a win is a different game. Then the players are going in there with a bit more upbeat. As I said, we would have won four out of the last six. Then it's a different game altogether. It just shows you how one result can completely flip a dressing room. Um, and now we're going into that game with trepidation rather than going into that well, game with a bit of like, oh, look, we've had a decent run here. We were um, just saying, if Marco Silva's still manager for that game, it's potentially his last game if we don't win. Well... Potentially, yeah. But I mean, like, we've had this he, chat before. He, he though. Could have his last game. Well, yeah, that's, that's, already yeah. Said. yeah, yeah. yeah. But the point is, though, then do you then turn around and say, how, how long do you give him? You know, I mean, he gets a result in that game, and it's the next one and the next one. He's either the right man or he isn't. isn't he? Do you know what I mean? And and you know, we we, we keep on going back to the minds of what we've we've said time again to give him time. And I think the concern is from a lot of fans, and 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 we've always said we get it, we do get it, that he's always been one game away from. The sack effectively yeah. has always been a must win. It's a must win. How many times have we said, well, Southampton was a must win, Norwich was a must win? I fully expected us to, to beat Norwich, make no mistake about it. I, I thought, win the last two on the spin, go into a difficult period of time, said it in, on the last podcast, with a bit, with our heads held high, a bit of confidence, I play against this better quality aside, and we'll do okay. I think I think yesterday was for many, and potentially the chairman and the, and the owner was the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. And, as we said, if reported to, to be relieved, it could be the end of Marco Silva. Um, so whether he's in charge for Leicester, you know, we don't know. Uh, maybe when this goes out, he won't be. He won't be at the club anymore. Um, whether or not, then that means that Duncan Ferguson takes over for a game. Unsworth takes over for a game. Um, Let's hope not. Margaret, the tea lady, comes in for an interim stint. On a side note, while we quickly mention that before we finish, do you think like he's had that number two for years, hasn't he, Marco? He's had his number two in every club. I think it's impact. Boa Morty yeah. coming in has had an impact. Hugely, yeah. yeah. Hugely. Because what's Boa Morty? I know you can turn on what he's done. He's a new coach, isn't he? Or number two or whatever. So, but it's a huge shift in the culture is. of the dressing room, isn't it? It is. And, you know, yeah. The training, how you set up, yeah. how you respond to challenges, what happens in difficult moments. Yeah. I, I know it's a cliche, but it's often the number two that's often the more vocal, isn't it? You're not half-time or... 
I'm not saying it's it's good cop and bad cop, but normally managers and number twos play you know have a bit of a role, a way of responding to crises and challenges. So all of that has changed and shifted. I know the players are very fond of the uh, the previous assistant manager as well. They got on very very well with them, and you know I'd like to compare. But Liverpool, when he lost Klopp, lost his assistant manager. That hit that side quite hard actually from speaking to Liverpool fans and you know people who know the club and they said yeah it does impact and it does. Um, so it, of course it's made it's made an impact and you've got to take that on board as well but unfortunately that won't wash in terms of the hierarchy and obviously fans and and, and I get that I get that um, was Bo Morsi the right man you can probably say in hindsight no there was reservations when he first came in after Evan Ferguson didn't get on during the playing career and stuff like that so there's always going to be a bit of trepidation there as well but Hindsight's a great thing, isn't it? I suppose. It seems like a perfect storm, I think. I think it's a perfect yeah. storm of just having, you know, injuries. Mm. You talk about the number two there, you know, some absolute shocking VAR decision. It's just everything just seems to have, like, just missing out. Stars have aligned perfectly. Like, it's, I hate to say it, you say it, it just seems typical Everton at the minute, isn't it? You know what I mean? Everything just seems to be in a line that it just, mm. if it could have worked, it's worked and it hasn't. Mm. Um, you know, as we said, it looks like there's going to be an announcement. You know, this could. We're talking about this beforehand now. He could, he could have gone, um, yeah. which is a shame. Look, you don't want to see your manager sacked because now, like I said, it's then the reset button again, and it, and then we, we start again, don't we? And then, you know, someone else is going to come in. They're going to look at some of those players and go, "Don't fancy you, don't fancy you," and so on and so forth. Don't you? Never know. It could be a three o'clock announcement saying we're completely behind the manager and he's yeah, he's, yeah. he's the right man. I know that could be the kiss of death, but. That could be the announcement. It could be a three o'clock announcement and David Moyes will be holding a scarf on the air with the people's club on uh, at Finch Farm. Oh dear. <laughs> um, but look, look, let's just say, I mean, it's been a bit pretty downbeat pod, isn't it? Uh, which is hard to do. It's hard to record when you're all pretty emotional, isn't it? Um, mm. The only bright spot was the dog snoring in the background. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But um, let's have predictions, predictions anyway. You know, we always like to end on a prediction. They've probably been atrocious this season. None of us predicted Norwich 2 0. Safe to say. Us, none of us thought they were going to score, I don't think. But I'll start things off with a 2 0 Leicester win. 2 <laughs> 0 Leicester win? <laughs> Come on. I don't see it, honestly. You know what? I, I, like to, I like to be a realist. I just don't. It, whether the, the situation with the minds changes or not, I don't think we're going to go there and get anything. I just think they're in such a good vein of no, form no, no, we're going to struggle. Yeah. I'm going to go for an ultra optimistic 1-1 draw and I think Big Yerry ultra optimistic yeah. that's, our level, that's <laughs> yeah. how much our levels have dropped to play yeah. Leicester away Big Yerry Mean is finally going to get his goal from a corner Luca Dean assist solid 1-1 performance well you mentioned Yerry Mean as well that was another thing yesterday that did my head in Mike you'll have noticed it as well can we just ditch this long throw to Yerry Mina at the near post from Luca Dean oh yeah can we just ditch it because unless we win that first header which we never do because obviously everyone knows where it's going so there's about six players around him by the time the ball comes in it's not as if he's throwing it like Rory the lap either is it you know what I mean it's just like a little floating ball coming in let's just ditch that as well please but anyway going back to the result I think um, or prediction um, I think um, yeah I think they'll have too much they're just flying they're just absolutely flying um, love to be wrong wouldn't we we'd love to see yeah we'd love to be wrong but they're scoring wrong. goals they're not conceding at the other end um, unless Jamie Vardy gets injured in the week mm-hmm. hopefully he will um, then I can uh, I, I think they'll win um, I think it'll be 2-1 mm. I think we'll show a bit of fight but I just think when the team flying with confidence like that um, I can see them just they'll beat they'll be us at home I think yeah. well let's let's see what happens let's see what this week brings in terms of Everton announcements and 
what have you. Um, we'll be back post Leicester, probably straight after the game next week. I would have thought mm. we'll be picking things up from there and looking ahead to um, to the derby on the Wednesday uh, live on Amazon Prime. Look forward to that. So get your subscription, get your free month in, your free monthly subscription in now for Amazon Prime, and then cancel it then when the, uh, the fixtures are finished on Boxing Day. You can get a month for free, don't you? If you signed up. Oh dear. Oh yeah, don't forget that. Is I think I'm already with Prime actually. What is that tip for you? Those you want, get yeah. your get your free month for Christmas. Don't forget, get your Christmas Christmas presents delivered to the house for free. Amazon Prime, and you also get the Derby and the game on Boxing Day at home to Burnley as part of your Amazon Prime subscription. Little tip there from the from the boys here today. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll uh, we'll catch you after Leicester next week. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.